studio well today we are going to talk about chicago's favorite sports that would be politics why are aldermen leaving city hall why are they retiring why are they resigning and why are some just saying enough already well we're going to ask that question to two aldermen who have decided not to run for re-election and that would be leslie harrison of the fifth ward and howard brookins of the 21st ward Now, some are leaving, but some are coming. So we're also going to talk to emerging politicians to find out why they want to go into politics. Don't go away. This is going to be a good show. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Something's happening in City Hall in Chicago that's never happened before. To date, 13 aldermen have resigned or retired I'm not going to run again, City Hall. And we're going to talk about it today. So my guest, Leslie Harrison, who has been an alderman for 24 years and has just decided not to run for re-election. And Howard Brookins has been the alderman for 20 years, and he, too, has decided not to run for office again. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you all to tell me the real deal. What's going on that says I'm not going to run again? Leslie, ladies first. Ladies first. Well, I'm happy to. Um, it's time. You know, there comes a point where you have to go to that next chapter, and I'm ready to go there. Because? Because it's time. Oh, it's just time. Because it's she time. stole my thunder. She that, stole- that was my line. <laughs> you were going to say that? That's my line. So it's tell time. me for real, why are you leaving City Hall? After 20 years, I've always had a, a self-imposed limit on how long I would be in office. I always said I wasn't going to die in office. And when it got to that point, I would know it. And after 20 years, I've gotten to that point, and I know it. I've accomplished a lot. Uh, not everything that I would like to have done, but I've accomplished a lot. And I think that it's time for a new generation of leaders to come uh, behind me and hopefully progress where I stopped off. I think something systemic is happening at City Hall because that might be your reason, but there are 11 other people And do you think they're leaving for the same reason, or is there something else going on? I think it's been a variety of reasons. I think that this pandemic has Mm -hmm. sharpened our focus on what is important in life. And uh, for a year, I did not hug my mother because of the pandemic. Relationships are important. Mm -hmm. This pandemic took away a lot of the part of the job that I love, being able to be out, interact with people, Mm -hmm. and talk to them and stuck me behind um, a camera and a Zoom and talking to people who had to invent things to come up with to keep you on a meeting that was long, drawn out, and boring. Leslie, does it have anything to do with the mayor? I'm I'm not really sure. Um, I'm sure that's a part of it. I don't think that there's any one thing that you can point to. Are you going to miss it? You're going to miss that community activity? I I don't think so, because I'm going to stay involved in the community. What are you going to do? I'm not going to disappear. I don't know exactly yet. I got some time to think about it. I have had the privilege and the pleasure to serve under three different administrations. Which administration was the best for you? Oh, um, I would have to say the first one. 
I'd that have would to be say daily? the first. That would be daily. Mm -hmm. That would be the daily administration. What What have you done or what have you achieved as alderman in your ward that you're proudest of? Oh, there's so many things. Um, you know, I, I think our access to the lakefront, mm -hmm. uh, having those underpasses put in, the things that people take for granted, the things that people don't know. I had re a Lakeshore Drive redone, which we're doing again. When I took office, there was no... Uh, no green, no islands, no grass on Stony Island. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm still proud of that Starbucks, still one of the top grossing Starbucks in and the, the city. And the grocery store. And the grocery store. But you know what? You but know, that wasn't my first grocery store. I've, I know. I've done was three or four. I know. No, I know. you've got Treasure Island. You've got, I've got two Aldi's. And now I have the local market. So one thing that and you. And shop and save. Well, the other thing that's coming under your auspice uh, is the Obama yes. library. Yes. So, yeah, no, and that, that was not easy because there that were a lot of community meetings and there have been, there was a lot of protests, there was yes. a lot of the community agreement that they wanted, and uh, you shepherded all of that. Yes, I did. And, and a lot of them that were on the other side and as I was trying to counsel them, uh, you know, they've come back to me and said, you know, you were right, I You're didn't right. get it. You've been a great alderman, Leslie. Thank you. Howard, what's the what do you what's your your best achievement? I think the economic development has kind of set the tone for my career and the fight that we had to get Walmart to the 21st Ward on mm -hmm. the South Side. Quite a uh, fight. It was quite a fight, but it wasn't the particular store. It was the fight and the fight behind the store, and then what it has meant to the community of. Mm -hmm. uh, those young people in there working, uh, the fact that I always said, I believe Walmart is going to come around, and they did, and they came around to support $15 an hour. Um, but we moved into that area in 1970, and I got involved through my parents in the fight to have better schools and a better way of life for African Americans after white flight pushed people out of the Brainerd uh, area. And so making sure that my community was a community that young people like me who were starting careers and working could move and have goods and services within their community has been a really big thing. I came in fighting the power. I beat an incumbent like Leslie did. I came in fighting Mayor Daley. We became uh, 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 cordial and friendly, and I would even say friends towards the end, but I kind of came into my own under Rahm Emanuel. So what's next? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about your next steps are? Both of you, what's next? I think we can help the next group of people who come behind us be successful and even progress from where we are. What, what do we do about crime? What's our solution to crime? Biggest problem in Chicago, crime. What do we do about it? What's the solution? Well, I think, I think the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that we have a serious problem. There you Let's go. Let's not gloss over it. Mm -hmm. Let's not say, but these numbers are down and these numbers are down to the general public, myself included. That does not make me feel safe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, choosing one part of the city over another does not make me feel safe. Mm -hmm. um, allowing the police to do what they do what they know how to do or what they're supposed to know how to do, um, I think is a good thing. And making sure that we have the neighborhoods properly staffed. Mm -hmm. But you can't talk about community policing and take the police out of the community. That's right. Howard, what are you finding? 
I think we have to give the police the resources they need, but more importantly, we as a community have to come together and mm -hmm. understand and say to ourselves, enough is enough. We have to stand up as a community to get people out of that life and to give them some other ways to deal with this conflict resolution. We are too quick to go to the gun. Uh, and we've lost that fight as a city and as Democrats to get the guns out of these people's hands because the Supreme Court said that they can have guns. I mean, that's just, it's a, it's a common sense solution that's not so common sense, right? No, because it's hard to get people together. That, that's my point. We can regale you with stories of a police being on the block and less than 30 seconds later, there was a shooting on that block. Mm -hmm. There's it not enough. It could be while the police were present. I've had it while yeah. they were present. So we can't get it. We yeah. can't police our way out of it. Right. Well, we can't but, police out of it and we can't money out of it. We have got to change. But We've it, got to come together But to it do involves it. Everybody. everybody. It involves the parents. Mm -hmm. The you schools. Know, the schools. The it church. Is, it is everything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Just because your kid is in an after-school program does not mean that parenting stops. Mm -hmm. What do you think about term limits? Is that a good thing, bad thing? You for it, against it? So I am, I am not supportive of it. Okay. Uh, I think that in this city, in this space, mm -hmm. it takes a while to achieve something mm -hmm. and to get it done. And with that high turnover, I don't think that you can do it. Um, you know, the other thing is I think that a, a part of term limits are your voters. If you're not doing a good job, they'll give you, vote you out. Oh, that's vote, right. vote them out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it's not an either or, but, you know, it's and. Howard, what do you think about term limits? I, I, I agree with Leslie. I think that the, well, the term is limited. You have a four-year term, and then you get elected again. But more importantly, it's the difference between being an executive and being a legislator. And while people seem to believe we have the, the trappings of an executive, we are really legislators. We have to get 26 people to agree with us to get something passed. And we would need a supermajority if the mayor wasn't along. Now, the mayor can do things on their own without the involvement of us. They are the ones who determine when the trash gets picked up, how the trash gets picked up, who gets fired, where to move their police, et cetera. And so a legislator needs more than a limit of how many times they can run, because by the time you get it figured out, then you term limit out. So the voters give you term limits every four years, yeah. yes. right? So uh, do you all remember um, Leon Davis? Yes. Leon Davis. You, you know Leon I Davis very well. I used to swim in the swimming pool. All right. But <laughs> you know what Leon Davis used to say? And he's the late Leon Davis. Yes. Leon said, there's a revolution in America every election. Every election. Every election. Absolutely. Because you have the right to vote. And on that note, we want to thank you both for being with us. 21st Ward, 5th Ward, they're going to miss you. Thank you very much, Alderman Brookins. And not only thank you for being on the show, but thank you for 20 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. And Leslie Harrison, same thing. Thank you for 24 years. Thank you. And I particularly hold you dear to me because you're my Alderman. I know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This is Indigo Studio, and we'll be back with more from Politico. Conversations drop the knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio.
In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needlelander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get wicked. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal, our goal, our goal is, is to see you accomplish yours. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls. Grandpa showing up an hour early and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. Cozy conversations, dropping knowledge that's for real. Welcome back to Indigo Studio. We're still talking to politicians. We've got some young people who want to be politicians. They are emerging politicals. Mr. Will Hall is interested in the Sixth Ward as alderman. He is a pastor, and now he's looking at a change. And Keena Collins, you are interested in becoming a congressman. So you've run against Danny Davis twice. Mm -hmm. So you're interested in the federal level. So I want to know from both of you, what is your interest in politics? Well, I say to you, thank you, first of all. Uh, moments like this don't happen often, and so grateful to be in the moment. And I think this is the gateway, this is the highway to change. Policy is either going to help or it's going to hurt. And so ordinances is legislation, just as well as he, uh, one day, Yana's in D.C. writing some great laws. But at the end of the day, if we're not at the table, and if we're not looking at everyone who's not at the table and bringing them to the table, how do you change a community? So, Kena, what's your interest in politics? You know, I think that Chicago is an interesting space nationally, it right? It is, it we, is that. We are used as a political punching bag on the left and the right, most namely for one of the most important issues in the city of Chicago, which is gun violence. And I think that we are in a watershed moment right now in American politics and in American history, um, and especially as a young black woman. Black women are the, the backbone of the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And what <laughs> our race showed was that we aren't the pack mules for the Democrats. We're the competition. And um, I think it's, it's an important conversation that needs to have. And I, I think I support, you know, those very healthy primaries that we're seeing emerging all across the country and right here in our backyard. So, Will, what would you do? What's the first three things you would do as an alderman? First three things I do is, number one, listen. Listen to especially our seniors. Right now, in our ward, seniors have concerns that have been ignored. Biggest thing, secondly, is safety, right? How do we construct a community on principles of love, Top service, of and Top respect? Of Absolutely. And then thirdly, our young people. The Sixth Ward has one of the most magnifying magnetic schools in the country, McDade. It's a gateway for a lot of minds. And so how do we increase 
exposure to these young people, right? How do we bring the world to the sixth ward? And how do we take the sixth ward to the sixth ward to the world? So our young people need every resource you can imagine. We have a couple of great parks, but they're not being used. And so young people need to see the world and they need to see a community that's shaped by the world. So young people, our seniors making sure that they are heard and respected and cared for. And then last but not least, a community where everybody can just enjoy each other and appreciate what we have in safety. Not over-policing, but community collective. Right policing. Correct. And Kina, what about you? What three things are top of mind for you? Well, I think um, right now what's important to most Americans is the economy. And we need a robust and a strong local economy, both on the west side and south side, which used to be manufacturing hubs. Absolutely. So I didn't come from like this political pedigree with like a silver spoon in my mouth. I come from union workers, black manufacturing workers. My grandparents came through the great migration from the south and landed in Austin and we never left. And they had jobs where they had pensions and health care and benefits. And um, I think that we need to bring that back. And that leads to the root cause of how we tackle gun violence. Um, yes, we need to get those jobs but I think we need to hold gun manufacturers accountable in the process Indeed. because illegal gun trafficking is the number one reason why, in my opinion, we are having a really big issue with gun violence in the city of Chicago, which, by the way, doesn't have a single gun shop in it. And then the final thing is relief and recovery in this pandemic, right? People think that we're out of the pandemic, but we're not. Inflation has, you know, grappled the middle-class families and working poor families across not just my district, uh, but across the entire city of Chicago. And we need to make sure we're fighting for those resources and bringing them back. So what have you learned from those before you? What I learned from Alderman Sawyer, our current alderman, is to consider the idea of building spaces for the collective. So what I mean by that he did a great job making space for seniors. Senior services did come to the Sixth Ward. We did lose a, in the pandemic Mathers, which was a hub right there on 83rd. It was replaced by Uwe Sweet. But one thing we must continue to do is make space for seniors to enjoy life. And secondly, one of the things I learned from Fredrina Lau, who was his uh, predecessor, prior to, um, she taught me as a young man the art of being present. She was everywhere. You knew Fredrina Lau was the alder lady because she was in the community in every meeting. And then prior to that, the uh, alderman John Steele. As a little boy, I mean, his back was made of steel. And one of the things that he did build is community and relationship. Block clubs were empowered when I was a kid. You could not walk down a block without someone saying what they saw or telling you what they were going to do when they saw you do it, and then lastly call it home to tell your parents what they did to you. So John Steele showed the power of community collectives. And so what I do believe is we need to look at a strategy going back to what we saw in the Steele days, one block at a time, giving every resource to every block club and also being present with the, the actual resources. I mean, it's one thing to say what you want to do. It's one thing to use the office of aldermen. But if people don't have resources in their hand, what are they building? Mm -hmm. And so from Steele, to the current Alderman Sawyer, you saw resources, you saw presence, and you saw collective work and responsibility. Right there in my community, I remember as a little kid going down to City Hall, sitting in those block club meetings, getting on the bus and going down to City Hall, standing alongside Alderman Steele around ordinances that kept Chatham, kept Park Manor, kept Auburn Gresham safe. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are 38 years old, like dryness, right? From 83rd to 87th State to King, you can't get a liquor license. Why? Because the collective didn't not want liquor stores and bars. 
So it's that type of work that I saw. That's that type, the type of work that I want to continue to do. So build. it's the sense of the real community. Absolutely, where everybody's involved. And Kenya, what do you what do you want to do? What are the top three things that you would like to do as a congressman? Well. I think, you know, to piggyback too off of like, what do we learn from people who've come before us and like built this pathway? Um, my district, which is the Illinois 7, it spans the entire west side of Chicago, downtown, and parts of the south side in the western suburbs, and it created and birthed leaders like Fred Hampton. And so um, I consider myself a movement leader in this space. Seven years ago, running for Congress was not in the plan. Seven years ago, I was on the front lines of the protests fighting for justice for Laquan McDonald. And I think that we should appreciate that we stand on the shoulders of giants. Dr. King told us that, the, uh, talked about the fierce urgency of now. And so uh, we can't get in our own way, particularly in black politics in the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. Um, we have to make sure that we're pushing um, that agenda forward, which is about uh, closing the economic inequity that exists. It, it talks about um, healthcare equity that should be existing in the city of Chicago and rebuilding our public school system, which has been shuttered in the last decade. 50 plus schools being shut down, um, the largest public school shutdown in American history, and it is directly tied and linked to the violence and the crime that we are seeing in the city of Chicago. We can't toss our young people away and we can't forget about the leaders who taught us to continue to build the movement and hold people accountable. This is Indigo Studio and we'll be back with more Holy from Politico. In all of Chicago, there's no place like Wicked. So if you care to find me, look to the western skies. Don't miss your chance to defy gravity at the Needlelander Theater from September 28th through December 4th. NBC Nightly News calls it the most successful Broadway show ever. Visit broadwayinchicago.com to get Wicked. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal. Our goal. Our goal. Is to see you accomplish yours. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls, grandpa showing up an hour early, and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights. All right, so now let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. What's your favorite thing in Chicago? <laughs> um, my favorite thing in Chicago, believe it or not, is going on 75th Street to Limbs. I mean, it is a great <laughs> spot for conversation, community. So, I mean, you it's never some, know what's going to be at Limbs. And it's the best <laughs> in the country. So, I mean, the trip down 75th Street. Um, and then, you know, if you take 75th Street, hook a left, go down Stony Island, you'll catch me in the park playing Okay, so you're a 75th Street oh, guy. So, I'm what's a your favorite thing? I'm a West Sider. And so, oh, okay. uh, I grew up in Moore Park. 
We used to have the basketball tournaments in the summertime. Absolutely. I think that sense of community is really what makes the city of Chicago a, a one-of-a-kind city globally. It's that any neighborhood, we are a city of neighborhoods, and any neighborhood you go to is so very proud. So um, I, I, I like going to the parks, too, and, the, and taking advantage of Chicago Park District um, on the west side. Like going to the parks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite person in Chicago? Well, who's my favorite person? Um, you're going to get me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I know. Everybody. Right. Everybody. Right. everybody. I love everybody. I, I, I love calling you that in the morning. That is such a pastor's answer, too. Yeah, I, you're not going to get me in trouble. So, my mama is my favorite so person. That's so political. <laughs> My favorite person, I honestly, is my mother. I mean, she's is a very so good. So who's your favorite person other than a relative? Oh, okay. Ooh, um, tough interviewer. Reverend Jackson. Ah, okay. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. I love sitting down with Reverend. He's going to take you down memory lane. He's going to teach you history. And he's going to remind you to keep on going. So I love conversations. And with he's Jackson. going to go into the future. Absolutely. And take you with him. And take you with him. All right, Ms. Collins. I have to say, uh, may she rest in peace, Karen Lewis. Yes. I thought Karen, Karen Lewis. was a dynamo. What a dynamo. A one in a lifetime type of leader, she generational was. leader. She was. And I remember seeing her speak at Federal Plaza when the school shutdowns were happening here in Chicago. And I think I was about 20, 21. She made me want to get involved in politics. She had, she had, she was, she was uh, infectious. So infectious and, and really stuck to the messaging about why we need to invest in the youth. A real educator. Just a real educator and an organizer. An organizer. And we don't see that, that let me, very much. Let me tell you a story about Karen. Karen and I did not know each other, but I admired her from afar. So, you know, I used to do the Indigo Gala, and part of the gala was to give awards. So she mm -hmm. was my educator for the wow. year. Oh, wow. And I called her to say, you know, come on over. I want to talk to you. I want to give you the award. So she came and she says, I got to tell you something, because Karen was very honest. She said, I got to tell you something very honest. I said, what? She said, people have told me not to take this award from you. I said, guess what? People told me not to give you the award. <laughs> so, we in this house together. So I, said, so, I said, what are we going to do? She right. said, well, we're going to work together because I want my award. That's right. That's right. But That's she, right. Was, she, was, she, was, she was wonderful. So uh, I asked you, what's your favorite place? What's your favorite restaurant? Don't tell me, Lynn. <laughs> my favorite restaurant in Chicago. Oh, man. Um, now you're going to get me in trouble again. I, 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 you know, um, my you favorite know? restaurant in Chicago. Ooh. Man, this is really... Describe your leadership yeah. style. He's too, he's too <laughs> slow. We got, come on. We got, we got to keep going. Um, I think my leadership style is collaborative, and it's one of co-governance. I think that when you co-govern with the community, that's an accountability metric. My leadership definition is listen to what you say and then watch what you do. And if what you say and what you do doesn't align, you need to reevaluate being a leader. Very good. Uh, learning. You like that. Yeah. <laughs> leading by listening. I mean, you cannot leading go. Leading by listening. By listening. You can only go where the people want to go. Mm. And dictatorship, you can have a million ideas, but if it's not what the people want, then you're wasting time and you're hurting them in the process. Right. So I believe in listening and collectively working together so that we all have same goals, we have same principle, and we get it done. But first, by listening. He who speaks much knows nothing. A little silence helps everybody. Silence. So here's here's a uh, the queen was not political; she was apolitical. But here's something I thought profound. 
that the queen said? What's that? You got to see me to believe me. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Mm. You got to see me. So on that note, uh, welcome to both of you Absolutely. to the political world. You are the new politicos. I applaud you and uh, bravo. I want to thank you both for, for joining me today and for giving us some, um, some fresh, new, emerging politics. Good luck to both of you. Thank you for I'm having me. I'm Ramin Hartman with Indigo, and thank you for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Educate and inform Cozy conversations Dropping knowledge that's for real Indigo Studio Always in the know With Hermine Hartman You'll be enlightened